Yo, man. Oh, Miss Rusty, it is Thursday. I can do two or three of these a day, and I still have to think about what day it is. And I don't even know why I say what day it is, because it doesn't really matter, um, <laughs> except for that it gets released, you know, maybe an hour after we finish up here. Uh, but anyway, ask now what this is about. Uh, today is about I have a special guest. And right here, right now, we have Josie McCade. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really great. Now, I'm like you. Most of the time, though, I'll post something on my Facebook page and go, Happy Wednesday. And then 300 people go, You know, it's Thursday. <laughs> so but, I understand that. Day late, dollar short. <laughs> but you know what? That's how a lot of people are getting engagement now. They, uh, because there's such a need for people to correct someone. There um, is that that that's how people are getting a lot of extra um attention and uh stuff of that nature like people on a video will purposely say one fact slightly off so then all of a sudden people start commenting a whole bunch and then uh but then you get all that you get all the good <laughs> stuff out many of it. mistakes as i made i've been going viral by now but <laughs> you found it you, you cracked the code already to life so uh so speaking of writing facebook posts uh this is not about facebook posts but you're an author is that I correct am. you're I an am. author um so have you done podcasts before have you been I on have. i have okay yes you have uh okay so i'm gonna try not to ask too many questions uh <laughs> i can kind of say refer to because you've probably had the where did you start or why did you start writing question on podcast before? Is that correct? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. I was uh, a little child. It was like, <laughs> it, you know, it's, uh, uh, okay. What, what keeps you writing? I guess the we'll start, we'll start in with my that. Head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Ever since I was a kid, you know, I was, I was not the child that was really good at math. I was the child that was very good at reading. You know, I'm reading at a college level in elementary school. I love stories. And in my time, unlike now, when you were under a certain age, the library, and, and they still are, is separated into children's section and adult section. And, and you could not go into the adult section as a child unless accompanied by an adult. So I remember being behind one of the desks and it was separated by a bookshelf moving books and crawling through so I could go over and read books in the adult section of the library. And I say that and everybody goes, oh, you were reading those books. And I'm like, no, really, I wasn't. I was reading, you know, War and Peace and <laughs> that kind of stuff. I didn't discover those books until much later. <laughs> this sounds like the video store uh, going behind <laughs> the old the old door and the curtain and stuff of that nature. Yeah. But uh, so that, that's that what the library was like. Yeah, right. The back room. Yeah, yeah. The, I this know the library. DC, so. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I think uh, so. You, I mean, it was totally separated. Um, so, was, you, like, yeah. that's crazy. Um, well, I then, was a librarian. You know when that, for, I'm sorry. Was? I was a librarian for 20 some years, and ours was too, but it wasn't separated because of inability to read it was separated because most of the kids we had children's programs and you know people 
coming in doing um, visuals for the children. And we had one lady that came in all the time. She was a puppy raiser for the blind. And so she would bring the dogs in and let them get acclimated to the children and, and that type of thing. So a lot of the reason behind the separation is, you know, if you're an adult or you're a college student over there trying to work on your thesis, you don't want to hear kids going, oh, look at the dog. You know, so. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Then, so you were a librarian for 20 some years. So were you doing that while you were writing? So, I mean, there's, uh, or I mean, were you, were you like in a, a rural place or were you in, a, you said you're in a rural place now. Were you in a rural place now then where your library is? Yeah, I am. It's a very small town. It's in Southwest Ohio. And I think the town now has grown about maybe 2,500 residents. Um, but we had people from all over that came to the library that, you know, um, sells people and things like that that we get a temporary card we also have a renaissance festival very close so the people that would participate in that would come in and use our internet and you know get books and videos and things so we had a lot of non-residents that would use our library okay so are you near cincinnati then yeah i'm about 45 miles north of cincinnati northeast oh. yeah. so is that near dayton then I'm southeast of Dayton. <laughs> southeast of Dayton. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's near near Wilmington, Ohio. Wilmington. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but near Wilmington. I, I was born in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. So you know where that's so, at. The sauerkraut festival. I mean, come on. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's where you are. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So what what's that sauerkraut festival like? Back in BC, when I was but a young child, it was very nice. <laughs> but now with almost a quarter of a million people in a town that small, it's a little much. This is kind of overwhelming. <laughs> but it's still a great fundraiser for the community because all of the food booths are the scouts or church or school or band and those kind of things. So it works out very well for the community. Yeah, that's uh, so is it like is that big German festival kind of thing? I so I, I only lived there when I was a little kid. And I went back there like a year and a half ago to go visit some friends out there. Um, but yeah, I haven't I haven't been <laughs> been around there for to be able to experience all that. So is this a big German festival then? Is that what it was? Or? Actually, I think the German went out of it a long time ago. It's <laughs> it's kind of Americanized. You know, we have the the biggest. Um, contest for the biggest cabbage that's grown and everything in the booths is made with cabbage which I think the Germans would just kind of not enjoy and <laughs> yeah kind of excuse me bastardizes some of those dishes but right. they're pretty good and pretty fun but uh mostly it's it's a lot of crafts um there are a lot of men that are drugged there you know by their wives and girlfriends to look at the craft booths so while they're enjoying a sauerkraut donut so <laughs> uh speaking of bastardizing food from there uh have you uh where where are you with cincinnati chili i love cincinnati chili i am a midwest girl but yeah i i do but it's kind of an abomination i have some friends from texas and they're like is that spaghetti <laughs> in the chili and yeah it is <laughs> you're, you're putting this yeah chocolate <laughs> spaghetti on top of uh chocolate cinnamon spaghetti on top of or chocolate uh, yeah. cinnamon uh like meat sauce on top yes. of uh spaghetti news i i love it i love it um, i do too and i i still make i make it um i've quite bastardized it um <laughs> i've because yeah i've i've made it a lot spicier 
and um because yeah i i I very much used to the uh the skyline recipe of where it's you know it's it's pretty 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 (laughs) cinnamony so yeah yeah um which i still love i still love it it's a it's a great baseline and uh i mean because i'd have it it was kind of a treat because I so I grew up in Oregon and um okay. so my mom would have stuff shipped out like the uh we had yet to get the little packets and be able to do, uh like there were skyline chili packets to like they had all the seasoning in it and then have oh, to okay. yeah the, the yeah. hot sauce. Yeah. And uh and make that then from there. And so yeah. Yeah, it was always a certain way, and um, but it was cool though. Uh, so I moved out uh, east. I was living out in Utah, and I moved out east and got to drive back through there and uh, stop and get some Skyline chili when I moved out here, which was which was pretty nice. I I I don't know. It's it's great. It I is. Love it's that different. Stuff. It's fun, but it's definitely abomination to a true Texan. It really is. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, they they get upset, um, you know, entering it in uh, chili festivals and people are, what, what is this stuff? And yeah, and we do uh, have a chili festival in Cincinnati, so it brings in all kinds. But yeah, they they tend to look at that bowl and it's like, I won't repeat what they say. So, <laughs> well, if you, you know, I, I can take I can take a guess at what they might yeah, say. Yeah, I think most people can. <laughs> Yeah, if yeah, if you ever seen Cincinnati chili, you can probably understand a little bit about <laughs> it. <laughs> Has there been any stories about Cincinnati chili uh, or um, that you've written? No, I've never written no. a story about chili margaritas, but not chili. <laughs> what was the story about margaritas that you wrote? Well, well, actually, it's kind of a little player in the books. I have a series called Mason Dixon. It's Mason Dixon mysteries. I call it mystery, cozy mystery, because the deaths, the murders in it are not graphic. But I was told the other day that I'm really a thriller writer because there's more than one dead body. It's one of those where I drive in Cincinnati and certain people die in my books. Um, But the girls in the book, the main characters, they kind of get drunk on margaritas and start this detective agency. So the margaritas definitely play a part as a character in these books. And, uh, you know, people are always asking me for margarita recipes. And the thing is, I don't drink that many margaritas. I'm more of a Tennessee whiskey kind of girl or Kentucky bourbon. Um, And I do, we have a restaurant here called Elsa's that makes bad wands, which is a, a really, really strong margarita. They limit you to two. And oh. me, I can drink about half of one because I'm a pretty lightweight drinker. So after, you know, experiencing those, it it wormed its way into my books. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, 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 I did that uh, really nice. well. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Nothing to drink this morning, I swear. <laughs> you know, um, so then what? how do your characters, how do they drink their margaritas? Is it on the rocks? Uh, do they do they have certain ways they drink it um, or have it presented? Or are they just, is it a go to a place, get a margarita? And ask, no, one of it's it? two sisters, they're twin sisters. And one of them is quite adept at making them. And it's usually in a blender with crushed ice. And she makes a whole, whole blender full. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good, good deal right there. Start, there start the go. day off. And so 
what uh and then okay and then so you were saying also that you use uh drivers in there um as people who get killed um is that what, is that right because i mean so i lived in in salt lake city and i think that might have been the worst drivers i've ever seen in my life and um i can i mean it might be kind of cathartic to have a way to make it so in your book you can you can yeah do I, what yeah, you like yeah. to the people as and feel better when you're out driving and not like oh you know yeah. you know i did to my book but here right. okay we're fine well i think if i did it off of every bad driver it, it would not only be a thriller it would be a serial massacre um but yeah you know i i tend to take my aggression out within a character so it it's very cathartic <laughs> absolutely i mean yeah, yeah. you can't really uh beat that i had a guy um another author i think it was through mickey as well he's a mm -hmm. he's an author in um I think he was in Florida now, but he's from New Jersey. And yeah, he well, that's he Jersey. Write, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he would write about his ex-wives and uh <laughs> being able to do that and was was good for him. And um I think there's a lot of stories that are written in that sense. Uh at yeah. least at least certain characters. And um, are there other characters you've come up with that are sort of in that realm that you needed to that you either make into a villain of sorts or um yeah sometimes i mean you know we all have those experiences with certain people whether they're a neighbor a co-worker you know a cop that stops you because you were not going that fast you know that type of thing so you know there is a police officer in one of the books and he's he's rather egotistical and that kind of stuff and that was from an encounter i mean i got a ticket for going 27 and a 25 okay and wow! <laughs> and they call. Yeah, I'm like, it was many years ago, but he was very proud that he could give me this ticket, and I'm just looking at him. And I've got two kids and a German Shepherd in the back seat of a suburban, and they brought another car, and I'm laughing because I'm like, man, I must look like Angelina Jolie or something. I mean, a real ass. but I'm like, <laughs> I wore that proudly, actually. <laughs> you know, so sometimes those incidents will end up as a character or part of a character in a book so have you ever had anyone find out that they're a character in your book no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. because most of the time if they're a bad guy i'm not friends with them anymore so <laughs> that's a good point are are you ever writing about people you know that you are friends with um are you putting them in in as characters uh i don't want to out them right now but um could there be some correlation between some characters and characteristics of people you are friends with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will take traits that I admire or I like or something that's, you know, frustrating and incorporate it into a character. And there's I write a um, I've written a romantic comedy series, too, that's set in Wyoming and it's the three bears which it's the German spelling of the bears and they're ranchers, they're brothers, that type of thing. And it's just you know, a, a very much um, romantic comedy and two people that should never be brought together, but are. And there's a secondary character in the book. And honestly, he's 
where the husband is. He's very much based on my husband. So, you know, a lot of traits from him are in this character. Is he picking up on that? Or is this uh, this no, breaking no, news? No, he's just completely not gotten it. It's great. I mean, <laughs> even better. <laughs> You know, he's the one that, you know, we have two daughters and they're, they're grown now, but one of them, you know, as teenagers would upset him. And instead of being the yelling parent, like personally, I was, he'd go out and chop wood. You know, that was the way to work off his anger. And that's sure. kind of what his character is. The silent, you know, you know, if dad's chopping wood or that kind of thing, you're in trouble. You, you know, so, <laughs> so a lot of his character um, is based on my husband, actually. How do you like Wyoming? Have you been to Wyoming? Oh, I have. I go there every opportunity I get. It's my favorite place in the world. Okay, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> last night I was talking about this. Um, so I had some friends that they went and took a trip from, you know, did the cross country, went to all these different places. Uh, and like they, they told me like they went through Wyoming and it was the the worst place they ever went like of anywhere in the world and i, I was just thinking to myself good good please, yeah, speaking please. for all wyomingites i wish more people felt that way yeah <laughs> it's it's oh my god it was beautiful i um it just the seclusion of everything i have a a friend uh she works up uh in the Tetons, she's a, a ranger up there. And um, when I was living in Utah, I went up there and I, I mean, it's, it's beautiful up Is there. She and then for adoption or you know, yeah, maybe <laughs> she, she, she may be. <laughs> and then, yeah, driving out. Um, oh, what's that? There was a, oh shoot. What was it called? Uh, there's some Canyon over. Um, it's over, it's over on the west and uh it's not fire or flame flaming canyon or something oh, flaming that gorge. effect flaming gorge uh went out there that was unreal out yeah. there um and then yeah just and then driving along the 80 the, the trip we took was pretty much could have been just took the 80 all the way from utah out to connecticut and um yeah, we took a little detour, but I mean, yeah, just driving through Wyoming. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, I always it's unreal. I am I have a Midwest heart, but I'm a, a Western girl. I, I could definitely live on a ranch. It wouldn't. Yeah. But, you know, life didn't afford that. So that's OK. I'm as close as I can get. I'm on a little farm in the Midwest. So we're good. Yeah. But yeah, I've been most everywhere in the state of Wyoming. I probably know its geography better than I do my own state, but. You know, it's it's definitely a love affair. I can remember the first time I drove out there and there's a road that comes out of Wind River Canyon into, you know, you pass through Du Bois and there's this oh. moment and I'll do it right now. I'm like, oh, you see the Tetons and it was sunrise and it was, I mean, the tears just flowed. My kids were much younger and they were like, Ma, what is wrong with you? And, you know, it's one of those where it's almost a spiritual connection sometimes when you visit certain places. And I'm, I'm definitely a gypsy soul. We have a little, little RV, you know, where the guys that come in and the little 24 foot guy, and yeah. we've been to um, 48 of the 50 States. So. What, yeah. what ones haven't you been to? Uh, Alaska and Delaware. 
<laughs> it just never ended up there, you know, in Alaska. That's hopefully in 2024, 2025, we can manage that one, but we'll see. The, the drive up there mm-hmm. to Alaska? Yeah, I want to take, you know, three months and do it, but I'm not sure that's going to be affordable or viable. So on many sure. levels. So. so you went to uh, Du Bois, which, uh, which I tried to be all fancy and pronounce it Dubois, yeah, but uh, it's, it's, it's Dubois. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, so, and they have, there's uh, a place there, there's some store and they have a giant jackalope inside yeah. of the, the store. <laughs> I, I have a t-shirt from that place. Yes. Uh, friend Jackie's like, you, you got to get a t-shirt here and get a picture on there. So that's right. They have a Why big jackalope in Douglas, Wyoming that you can actually sit on like a horse and get your picture taken. <laughs> That's this one too. So there's there's two of them. I think there might be a third one as well um, yeah. somewhere else uh, of these jackalopes. So the jackalope is it's, it's a fictional character, uh, but what's what you know the significance of it to Wyoming um, as or anything? As far as I know, the the thing there was it might have been at that mercantile or some store there in Wyoming, and and a gentleman did it basically as a an oddity to get sales it was a marketing technique <laughs> and it's still going on so he did good <laughs> i need yeah, a jackalope sure. to sell books man <laughs> i think so it's yeah those uh those weird oddities and uh so yeah my friends that went on that trip uh, yeah. along through the country i mean that was by my friend uh sid that like that was his favorite part like he just loves these roadside oddities and stuff they're fun it's kitschy and it's fun and it makes you laugh and smile it's kind of like wall drugs going through south dakota it's you're obligated to stop there i mean and it's just you know the most kitschy stupid touristy stuff but it's fun it's fun and today's world you need fun yeah and uh, the dakotas uh that was uh the dakotas were great i um i love the dakotas yeah people look at me and go wrong with you there's nothing there well you know i'm a writer i'm a solitary creature anyway so that's the point (laughs) i'm like yeah yeah and if you go to north dakota one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen is teddy roosevelt national park they have a south area and a north area of the park and it is just amazing i can see why teddy roosevelt liked being there yeah it's a beautiful place um i lived in minnesota for a while and so yeah driving through North Dakota. Um, and then when I was a little kid, um, I had a whole bunch of family that was from near Minot. And um, so we'd go out there and do that, that drive and hang out there. And, it, you know, as a kid, I was like, because I'm a kid from the suburbs near Portland, yeah. Oregon, pretty much. And so like going out in the farm, it was, you know, something different. And then, um, and, you know, as I got older, I got more and more to wanting to be away from the <laughs> cities and out in the middle of nowhere and just ended up, yeah, loving just seeing North Dakota and, um, yeah, North Dakota, Wyoming, both of those just. Yeah. And, and nothing then, wrong with the cities. You know, I was, I was a suburban or city kid and, and there's, there's just definitely perks to living in the city and, you know, the yep. great restaurants and theaters and museums and things like that. But I can only take that in small doses. I, I need some downtime. And I think being out is, is restful to the soul. I think so too. There's, yeah. there's some people who for their downtime, like to go out and go party and be around yeah. a yeah. bunch of people. And that's, that's how they function. And, you know, right. you and I are 
opposite. <laughs> yeah, like, I have friends that, that way. They they just love you know the busyness and the nightlife and 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 you know I I do too to a point, but I I need I need the uh, solitary uh, solitary moments to go with that to kind of level it out. Absolutely. And so then that brings you to your, your writing. And so when you're writing, um, what are you, are you, do you have a, a notebook? Do you have a yellow legal pad? Do you use a typewriter? Do you have a, use a computer? What's your, your style? When you get, when you get that in your head, what do you do? Um, well, you know, telling my age, I used to work on a typewriter. God bless whiteout. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, most of the time I just have a little notebook. Sometimes I carry a recorder with me. 90% of what I do is on the computer. Um, you know, I have written since I was a teenager. I sold my first article at 17. I've worked in some form of writing or with books most of my life. Um, I have sold to major magazines around the world, nonfiction articles. I've won awards for nonfiction writing in magazines. I've worked for newspapers. I've done advertising writing, uh, technical journals where, you know, engineers would give me this technical jargon and say, make people understand it. And, um, but writing books has always been in the background. I'm a storyteller. It, my kids, you know, we would go on a walk somewhere and I would end up telling them the story about, you know, leprechauns that came out of the rocks. And so it, it just precluded me telling these stories. I'm mean, the name McCade. I mean, I'm Irish. I'm going to tell a story. And, sure. <laughs> um, but I think sometimes the stories, you know, enter my brain and they just need to get out. And a lot of times, I had a person tell me if you don't, and I'm an avid reader, voracious reader. If you don't read the story that you want, write the story that you want. So that started it. And then my, I have this muse and oh, she's, she's wicked and she's got a warped sense of humor. So it's like the book said in Wyoming, I thought, you know, I'm looking out, we're driving through and it's a beautiful landscape. And, and I thought, man, what if one of those rancher guys out there met some chick from a goth band? I wonder how that would work out. And so that started the series, you know, and basically uh, traveling as much as we do, you can see so many different kinds of people, cultures of people. And on the outside, we present a very different view to others. But on the inside, I think most humans are relatively the same. You know, we want to be happy. We want to have healthy kids. We want, you know, to raise them in a neighborhood where they're safe. We want to get along with our spouse. I, I think most humans have the same wants and needs inside. Which has been something that, uh, I mean, there's been a lot more, you know, division with, with a lot of other things going on in the world and everything, but that's always been something that I try to convey, but for some reason, you know, that I, yeah, I mean, like we're not, we're, there's a lot more that we are alike than we are different and, you know, yes. everyone, yeah, wants, wants the better life for everyone, wants their kids to be, you know, have it better than we have it. And then, you know, wants to, you know, get along with, yeah, whoever you're, you're, cohabitating with somehow and yes. whatever or you know whoever you're in in a house with uh you know, whoever whatever, you um whoever you love whoever you love and that well, you want them to have a a, a, a great life and right. you want to you know i there's 
I you show show me someone who doesn't want that, and you know, then that's yeah. They yeah, they so. they're probably needing some mental help. <laughs> they don't right. want that or want that for others. I think the only thing that that's really bothered me is you know I've traveled since I was a kid, and I hate almost to see the homogenization of communities because part of the fun of traveling is seeing different regions, different cultures, different foods, you know, different housing and the way people live. That's the learning experience. And, you know, I hate to see that go away. And many times, especially traveling when our kids were with us and they were younger was, you know, they were, cause I would take them out. I didn't homeschool, but I would take them out of school for a couple of weeks so we could go. And they had people in Wyoming help them with English homework. And they had Native Americans help them with American history at a, you know, a park or someplace. So that was an amazing experience. And to see those differences, I think made them a lot more open-minded. I think so too. And plus you're, you're learning, you know, from someone different than, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what everyone else is learning. You're getting to learn right. kind of right. from the horse's mouth sometimes. And that, which is, you know, kind of more, yeah, more, in fact, more effective. And yeah, it's, it, uh, it helps. And then, so then it helps with, I mean, yeah, being able to, yeah, just grow and I think it helps you see why people have a different point of view than you do. And not necessarily that it's wrong or it's good or it's better. It's just different. different. And I think it helps you accept that difference in a point of view. Yeah, that is okay to have people that have different points right. of views. And yeah, it's okay. And there's, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's just, it's okay. Philosophy that, 101 here. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. Um, so let's see. So where, I, I guess we'll get to this. Yeah. I mean, where, where are people going to find you? How are they going to find your books? <laughs> how, how is this working? Um, I'm all over Amazon, Josie McCade. All of my books are available as hard copy and as eBooks. I have a, jo a Josie site. I do. I have a Josie site. It's called a website and it's www.josiemccade.com. I am on Facebook. Um, I'm not on Twitter. I, you know, I do have a Pinterest page that has boards with, you know, my thoughts on all the books I've written. I'm not big on a lot of the social media sites like Instagram and Snapchat and all of those. I'm like, you know, and, and yeah. the people that read me generally, they, they are, over 30. So they're probably not on those sites either. <laughs> my biggest thing is my newsletter. I send it out once a month. And you know that I love the newsletter because that's the people who do want to hear from me, you know, and don't, you know, want the sales and want to know what's going on. And I do a, a column in it called Dust Bunny Bits. And because the little farm we live on is Dust Bunny Farm. My kids oh. many years ago, they were quite little. And I don't know. I came home from work one day and there was a, a, how do I say this politely, a little wad of dog fur underneath one of the tables and they picked it up and they were like, look, it's a death bunny. And it went from there. So every time they would get drier lint, they would put eyeballs on it and give it to their mother because it was a dust bunny. So Aww. it just became part of it. And so I just, you know, and it's not a sales thing or anything. It's more like an Irma Bombeck type column of daily life on the farm, stupid things that happen. Because I'm the person that would write the book on farm life of what not to do because I've done it and it doesn't work. So have you? Oh, have I written a book or have I done have it? You written, 
Have you written that book? <laughs> no, but I should. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do a, a little bit of canning and different things like that. And I see some of these videos and I'm like, don't do that. I've, I've done it. <laughs> it doesn't work. So. <laughs> well, if you ever at a point, you got, you have uh, something new to. There we to go. About. Yeah. Um, I have a friend because so I, I do a little bit with her and I call myself the cheap and easy woman because if it can be done cheaply and easily, I will find a way to do it. And she goes, well, there's your million dollar book. Yeah, like, that is that is right there. And that's that's a great name. That's going to bring people in. Uh, so if, if it's ever something you ever get uh, stuck, uh, is there ever a time you get stuck? Is there ever a time you get writer's block? Is that a thing? No, honestly, I've never gotten writer's block. I have gotten life block, as I call it, because, you know, it's rolling around in my head. But because of, you know, a real world job, family, et cetera, et cetera, I can't get to write it. And maybe by the time that I do, it's two o'clock in the morning. And by then I'm, you know, I, I try to read it back and I'm like, no idea what I've written. It's like CIA hieroglyphics or something. And so that's the only thing I get what I call life block. It doesn't allow me to pour the words out as much as I'd like. I have probably a USB stick, you know, a meg a terabyte full of outlines and I will never have enough life left to write them all. And that, that's okay. But it's hard to pick and choose sometimes which ones I really do want to write versus what can go to the back burner. That was my next question. Do you do outlines or do you write straightforward? So then you, I guess you just answer that question right there. Well, it's not really an outline in the sense, you know, my English teacher would actually cringe over an outline that I wrote because basically it's, it's two or three paragraphs, an idea. It's, I would say it's more of an idea than an outline. You know, it's like a, something will set off an idea for me. So I jot it down so I don't forget it. And it's it's nowhere near the criteria of an outline. It's just basically a note to remind myself, hey, you had this thought and this sounded pretty good. I remember when I was in school, we had to do like a very detailed outline for any story we wrote um, oh, with, God. you know, yeah, and <laughs> it became really hard and it, it um, like that part of it turned me off. It turned me off to writing just because I wanted to skip over that part and do an outline how I'd want to do an outline. But, you know, with a certain format, um, it became difficult. But um, I think so it does that to a lot of kids are writing, you know, the book report. And I, you know, I was literally the kid who, who read the classics, who read War and Peace and those type of books. And then they would confine me to three pages. You cannot write a book report on War and Peace in three pages. I mean, right, yeah, you know, and the kid beside me, but it was very, 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 very good, you know, like. <laughs> I have to do the 500 words, the, the, the word count. And I think the worst thing is when somebody says, you know, write the back cover blurb on your book or give us a synopsis of your book. I flash back to that. I got to write a book report on my own book. This is horrible. I mean, this is just yeah. really horrible. <laughs> That's what, yeah, outsource it to someone. I know. on that one which uh so kind of brings me to my next point uh or question uh so now there is uh chat gpt mm -hmm. uh which where where are you with all of that you got i think i've read some of the ai created stories and that type of stuff the one thing i can tell that's different it's written perfectly if you were an English student, an English major, and 
you diagram a sentence, it's perfect. If you want an actual human element in it with emotion and feeling, it's not there. You know, I would basically, if I used AI, I would, you know, I, honestly, I'm a kid that didn't pass English with an A because I would write the story and fill in the emotion and, you know, have a dangling participle on the end of a sentence. And, you know, the English teacher was just drive her crazy. But if you want a sentence where you can diagram it with your noun, verb, you know, adjective, the AI does a perfect job. But I don't like perfect. I like imperfect. I want to feel the story. I want to feel what the author is trying to convey. And I don't think IA has or will ever have the ability to do it. They're good, but they're not that yeah. good. Yeah. I like that. Well, hey, well, uh, Josie, it was awesome meeting you. Happy I got to do that and happy we got to talk. Me too. And yeah, thank you, everybody else, for listening. Um, yeah, this, this was good, uh, good, 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 good time. So thank, <laughs> thank you, so, you much. so much for having me. I appreciate yeah. it very much. You're very, very welcome. And uh, everybody, that is the show, man. <laughs>